0: And man, I'm just so blessed to come uh, come home. And just in the first service, just before we were able to just bless, if you know Lynn Shaler, he was on the camera for 20 years, and we just honored him in the last service. And so if you see him, we just uh, amazing. 20 years doing the cameras. Took it from uh, taking his own little TV into the thing. So uh, can we just give a clap? I don't know if you'll watch, but give a clap to Lynn Shaler, and we just honored him and gave him some stuff and said thank you. And again, I love baptisms. I What a great day to come back when seeing people baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Don't you love baptisms? Yeah. About four of you. I said, don't you love baptisms? It's cool. I love seeing people's lives turned around. And and changed and shifted in that direction. And of course, we came back on Friday night and uh, on Thursday. And of course, Friday night they had youth and they had two hundred and five youth turn up. So I think that's pretty cool. Give it up for our youth pastors and youth leaders and youth helpers and worship team. Hallelujah! What an amazing, fantastic job. And uh, look, just God is doing some uh, great, great things. So we loved our time in Texas, but as the country music singer John Denver said, ain't it good to be back home uh, again? And so uh, again, people some people say country music is a little bit of an oxymoron. How can you put country and music uh, together? So I hope there's no country music uh, fans here. There certainly was in the uh, last service, but that was one of the things we realised in Texas. Wherever you go, there's country music playing. It's in the mall, it's in the lift, it's in the elevator. You turn on your radio in the car, and it's country music. You're going, I'm going to go to another channel, and it's country music. Go to another, it's country music. They love country music. Music, but I want to say it's so great to be home with you all. That's how they talk in Texas. I'm telling you right now. And so, look, we're just so blessed and excited to be back and but we had such fun preaching at faith family church in victoria Texas. It was pretty cool. Incredible work, Jim and Tamara. They preached here. um, I don't know a year or so uh, ago, but got a great work there. 3,840 people attending their service every single week, and that's in a town the size of Rotorua. One in every 20 people in that town goes to that church. It's just an incredible. And you think, oh, is that just the norm? It's not the norm in America. There are lots of little uh, churches there, but they have just seen God do a phenomenal, phenomenal. Phenomenal work and I got to, uh, to preach in that and just to thousands of people and it was pretty cool and you saw my, my praise thing, I think Grace showed it last, last week, that was such fun. Now you might have not realized, you might not have seen the original and that's because I didn't take one. I thought I was videoing, but I'd just taken a blurry photo and was just going around, hey, look everyone's going, and it wasn't working. It was just silly. It was just my camera, uh, and I'd just taken a photo. I do need to go to Savers again. It's just because obviously I couldn't see that. And we um, did have to correct some things over there in Texas because people said, they said, you're a Kiwi, right? I was like, yeah, we're a Kiwi. He's like, I love eating Kiwi. I love eating Kiwi. I was like, and then I realized he's talking about the fruit. I was like, so you think we're named after a fruit, is it? And so he's like, yeah, kiwi's a fruit, it's a great fruit, I love kiwi. I said, I just want to make it clear, I, I need to make it clear, you know, you have the eagle, the kiwi is a bird, you have an eagle that soars, flies, goes, well, the kiwi is a bird, and yes, okay, it can't fly, and it goes around just eating bugs and stuff, but it's still a bird, okay, don't call me a fruit ever again, okay? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Some of you are just figuring that out. Okay, so (laughs) Lord, we just pray that you'd be with us today and speak to us. And Father God, shift and change things that you want to shift. Thank you for your mercy and kindness towards us and your goodness towards us. But Father God, we don't want to leave here the same way we came in. Shift and move whatever you want to do in our lives. And everybody said, "Amen." amen. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 1 says this. A man who isolates himself, a man who isolates himself seeks his own desire. He rages against all wise judgment. At the end of most services, I like to do blessings. I like to pronounce a blessing over the congregation. There's lots of different types of blessings out there. There's Jewish blessings, of course. There's Irish blessings, uh, like stuff like you know, may the sunshine warm upon your face and the rains fall soft upon your fields. It's an Irish blessing. But I saw this little sort of what was called the Facebook blessing on a Facebook post that was put up by a pastor a couple of weeks ago, and it was a little bit tongue-in-cheek, but this is how it went, the Facebook blessing. It said, may your life be as awesome as you pretend it is on Facebook. (laughs) How many know there's some truth in that? Come on. Uh, I'm not going to get you to give me an amen. But there's some truth in that tongue-in-cheek that it is, there is some Truth in that. What are they talking about? Well, the last four days we were in the states. We had some downtime. We'd spoken at the church. We spoke at a conference, and and um, then we had some downtime before we came back. So we had four days to fill, and I, I started looking for uh, hotels in Houston where we were flying out from, but couldn't really find any. But as I'm looking at Google Earth and on the map and stuff, I see this town, Galveston. Galveston, and I thought, okay, what's Galveston? And, and, of course, it sparked some memories in my heart because when I was a kid, I, I'd, I'd, I'd heard this song that goes like this. Go, mate. You can sing along if you're not. Ready? Galveston, oh, Galveston, I can hear your sea breeze blowing. Okay. Some of the youth are sitting there going, don't know that song. I wasn't even born. I wasn't even born. Who is that? It's Glen Campbell. Who knows Glen Campbell? Come on, who likes Yeah, I've even been to his concerts. <laughs> Took Anita there. Pretty cool. That's how I roll, yo. What's up? But Galveston, it's about 50 miles from... Houston, and it's an island and uh, sea island. It's sort of like the, I guess, the Gold Coast of uh, Houston. and terms, it's where people go. There's fun piers and all that type of thing. So I got a really good deal, paying advance on a hotel room, and every room had a balcony, and it was pretty cool to be able to go out. And so, uh, of course, when we got there, we're excited. So I went out and took a uh, took a photo, and here's the photo from the. Uh, balcony if you can just put that up for me please so it's just a beautiful sea view now the reality is that's my facebook post that's my Facebook picture that I would have used for Facebook. The actual view looked like this, if you could just uh, go to the... <laughs> uh, there's, the pool was way over, uh, over there. And can I just say this? When we arrived, the pool was empty, and there was a whole lot of people working on it because uh, they were getting it ready for summer. Not only that, we couldn't hear the sea because the air-con machines were... all day. Plus all the guys working on the pool, just polishing it with machines and uh, uh, stuff. That was the reality. The other one was the one I'd put on Facebook, but this was the reality of what we were faced with. And when I think about that Facebook blessing, I I, I think there is some truth in the statement because we live in a world where we crop, filter, cut, edit, and filter our lives so that we can present a better self. So we can present a, uh, uh, if you like... We we crop and cut and edit and filter so we can present a, a brave face to the world. We want to show them what we would hope others would see our lives to be like. It's the me I want you to see, but it's not based on reality. Yo yo, what's up? I made that up myself. Okay. <laughs> we crop and cut. We edit we filter our lives and why do we do it we we do it because we want people to like it we want people to like it who are those people they are our friends i have 1040 friends so there yeah and who are those friends those are friends people who have requested me because i'm quite popular i'm joking it's all right <laughs> is he serious But I've got these these people, they request me. I've got so many requests who I haven't accepted because I just don't know who they are. And actually, every time I go and speak in different places, I get more and more friend requests, people wanting to be my friend. And of course, there are those who I've requested, who I thought, they're kind of special. I'll request them to be my friend. We're trying to, uh, if you get people to like, and to uh, who are those people? They are our friends. But the truth is, we live in a society now where we are more lonely than we have ever been, where we can have thousands of friends yet still feel alone. Despite our cropped, cut, edited, and filtered lives, despite our 1,040 social media friends who like us, many people, this is just the truth, this is... This is the reality. Many people find themselves lonelier than ever. Lacking genuine and meaningful friendships. And so I'm really asking you here today. Last time I spoke, I spoke on being friendly. But today, really, I'm asking who are your friends? Who are your friends? Because we need friends. We really do. We need friends. Friends, we need friends, people who we can be real with, people who we can live unedited, live, come on, live unfiltered, live uncropped and uncut, lives before, people who we can, we can be real with and they still like us. Come on, somebody. Who are your friends? You might be here and you go, well, I don't have Facebook. I think Facebook's really shallow. Yeah, I think it's shallow. You're right, Pastor. I don't, I don't even have Facebook. Yet yeah, the same reality is true for you as well. The same thing is true. Many people still find themselves lonelier than ever, lacking genuine, meaningful friendships. So I'm asking, who's that mate who knows you as you really are and still loves you? Who's that person who knows the real you and still likes you? Who are your friends? Who, who, who's that person who, Proverbs 18, 24 says, who's that friend who, who sticks closer than a brother? Because we all need a friend like that. In fact, the King James Version says, who's, who's that one who, who sticketh? Who's that friend in, in your life that sticketh? Closer than a brother. John Milton said this, loneliness is the first thing which God's eye named as not good. He said, let there be light, and there was, and he said, it's good. Through the whole creation, so over the seven days, he said, it's good, it's good, it's good, it's good. And then he came to this place where he said, it is not good. Yeah. But we be alone. We need friendships. Who are your friends? Who's your mate? And I'm not just talking about marriage. And you might say, well, my, me and my wife and all that. I, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about who who, who are your friends for, for, for the girls? Who are your girlfriends, Yo, no, know, sister? Who are your girlfriends? I can't even say that about boys because it just doesn't sound right. But, uh, but who are your girlfriends? And, and, and for guys, who are your guy friends? Who are your mates? Who are your buddies? Who are those people who you can be? Real with, and I think it can be sort of tougher for guys than it can be for girls. I think girls um, tend to be a little bit more maybe I don't know. Social guys can be a little bit more independent, and you might say, "Well, what do you, what do you mean by, by by that, Pastor?" And well, you know, girls they they do things differently. Like the girls can be sitting at the table in the restaurant, and one girl will go, Oh, "I'm going to go to the bathroom. Would all of you like to come with me?" And everybody's like. I want to tell you, I have never been at a restaurant and said to the guys who are around the table, "Hey, guys, I'm going to the bathroom. want to come with me? Come on." <laughs> <laughs> that creates other problems I want to tell you about the except mind you, I, I must say while I was in Texas, they do things de- different in Texas. So when I, when I was in in Texas, I said after the service, the first service, I was in the connection center. they got a large connection center there. And so I said to the people we were with, oh, "I'm just, excuse me, I'm just going to go to the bathroom." And uh, they said, "That's fine." And then this guy goes, "Okay, he's going to the bathroom right now. Come on, everybody, move, move, move." <laughs> I didn't realise I had my own security detail, bro. I'm issuing water pistols to all my staff right now. But these guys, they were packing heat, so I, I, they all came along to the toilet with. I said, "You're not coming in. You can wait outside." And so I stayed in there for half an hour. <laughs> there. But they're outside, so that things do, they do things different in Texas. But for, for, for girls, it can be different. For guys, we can be a little bit more independent. It can be a little bit harder for us to make friends. But who are your friends? Now, you've got to be wise in choosing your friends. The Proverbs 12, verse 26 says, The righteous choose their friends carefully. Carefully. You've got to be careful, and that's a whole other Teaching, I guess, a whole other subject. But I'm really asking, who are your friends? Who's your mate? Who's your buddy? Who's that, who's that person? Who that sticketh closer than a brother? Because we need good, life-giving, life-building friendships. Can I hear an amen, yeah, amen. on that? We should not be... Doing life alone. So that's where Proverbs 18, verse 1 says, A man or woman who isolates themselves. In another version it says, who who separates themselves, goes goes apart. A man or woman who isolate themselves seeks their own desire. And then it goes on to say this he rages. Against all wise judgment. When I looked at that word rages, that's like a pretty intense word, you know, rages. You know, if you in a rage, rogue rage, it's like a it's a pretty intense word. I looked at it in other passages of scripture, the same passage in other versions, and they replaced the word with this. He, He rebels against all wise judgment. Another one says, he resists it. No, don't want it. I don't. I don't want to take it. Another, another version says he rejects it. Another version says he lashes out against all wise judgment. Another version says he quarrels. Another version he defies. Another version he mocks. He opposes vehemently all wise judgment. So we can see from this Bible it's certainly not God's heart. It's not God's heart that we. We live isolated lives. In fact, to do so is self seeking and even self destructive. In simple language, what the writer of scripture is saying is saying here it just isn't smart to do life that way. Yet so many do. What about you? You know, as a leader of a movement, it's always heartbreaking when you get that call from a pastor or a leader and they just say, I'm, I'm quitting. I can't do it anymore. It's, it's over. I've been struggling now for for two years. We've been trying to battle through and press through. I mean, it's heartbreaking when you hear that type of thing. And I guess for me, what goes through my mind is like, well, hang on, just... just A few months ago we were talking I asked you how you're doing and you you were like, oh yeah, I'm doing great. I'm doing fine. I'm doing amazing. Yet at the same time now you're telling me for two years you've been struggling over that or battling over that. And what is that? It's us trying to do life alone, isolated. We need friends. Tap your neighbor and say, we need friends. Come on. We're not designed to live life or do life alone. In Kaikoura last year, you know there was a massive earthquake and the ground shook and there was a lot of shaking. And I was talking to Pastor Brian down there who's got a church down there and I don't know whether I've actually said this or not or, or in, the, in the service, but when I was speaking to him, he said one of the things that happened when the earthquake was there, they live on the cliffs by the sea. And so as the earthquake happened, he came running outside and he looked down to uh, the ocean. He thought, oh my goodness, there's going to be a tsunami because there was no water where there was usually water. And of course, what it was actually the, the next day, he saw that the sea bed had come up out of the ground by a few meters or whatever. And now it was weird. where there was water, there was now land that was there. But we know when the shaking happened, we know that uh, hillsides fell down. We know the rail link was cut off. And we, we know in that shaking, they become, the, the whole town became isolated and cut off. But here's the thing. It's usually in those moments where you're isolated and when you're cut off that you need the most help. Yeah. Yeah. Well, The same is true for the natural part of our lives. Often the shakings in our lives, the the trials, the things that go on often can isolate us and cut us off from the very help that we need when we go through trials, when we go through adversity, when we go through pain, when we go through struggles. For some reason, the human condition tends to isolate and, and, and cut off and not understand. It's in those moments of shaking. It's in those moments of trial. It's in those moments of adversity that we need, our friends, that's when we need We need help. Who's your friends? Who's that brother, that sister who sticketh close to you? Who are those people in your lives? We're not to be ones who live isolated or live lonely. And I'm just saying today, I'm ready to say, if that's you, if you're living like that, don't. Who are your friends? Real friends that stick us closer than a brother. And if you're here and you say, well, I don't need anybody. I don't need anybody. Can I just say that you're raging against and I, I didn't say it, the Bible says it, that you're raging against all wise judgment. Yeah. You and I need people in our lives. Yet it's so easy for us in our Western world and our Western society to cut people off to live independently. I remember my doctor saying many years ago, I turned up to my doctor who was Dr. Ubao Dias and there was a lot of people in the last service who knew uh, Dr. Ubao Dias. He was a Sri Lankan doctor here and I remember going to him with my back pain. I was just like so, so sore, so uh, uh, um, in pain. I can't remember what it was for. I might have lifted something or whatever. But he said, he said this, he said, You know you Westerners, you are so silly. He said, you fellows, you try to do life all alone. Your builders, when they're building, so many are coming in here with their sore backs and they they can't even move. And he said, because when they're trying to build the house, they'll try and build the house all by themselves. They'll get one beam and instead of asking anybody... Come on, how many know Dr. Ovar for speaking the truth? We'll try and do it rather than ask anybody... Until our back collapses. He said in Sri Lanka, in the village, when we have a beam to lift, we call the whole village. And the whole village and everybody comes and lifts. How many know we can learn something from the Sri Lankans? Right there, right now. Yet the independence of our lives, we we, we try to do things... Ourselves, and it's usually in the shaking times, and it's usually when we're feeling cut off that we, we try and, and do it ourselves, but that's the time when we need our friends more than ever. That's the time in those shakings, in that adversity, in that trial, in that hardship. That's when we know not to cut off. Not to, 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 that's when we need our friends. When you just call out their name and you know wherever they are, they'll come running. That's a song. Okay, I'm just keeping the country music theme uh, going here. We need each other. We need, we need friends. And here's what I've discovered too about friends friends can ease burdens. Friends can be the vehicle through which which God can provide a way out from the struggle. Because we're never meant to do life alone. When I was in Texas just last week with Anita, and we had a good time, as I said, but one of the things, you know, you saw me do that praise thing with all the uh, people there, which was great friends, but one of the things you, you don't know, in the midst of that, I had a terrible toothache. As amazing as I looked, I had an absolutely disgustingly shocking toothache. When we arrived into Houston, we'd flown in from San Francisco. And when we landed there, I was like, oh, my tooth is a little bit sore. I think think it got aggravated. By that night, it was getting stronger and stronger. We went out to dinner with Jim and Tamara and by the time I finished eating that big Texas steak, uh, I came home and I said to Anita, "Oh my goodness, I can't! I don't know how this has gotten so bad. It had moved now from my tooth up to the side of my cheek. And was anybody had a toothache like that? It was just, it was just like, woo, 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 woo. and it was just like, man, this is uh, something's got to happen. And so anyway, I had. If you remember when I left, I had a backache. Can I say my back was healed by the time I got off the plane? Amen, <laughs> Jesus. But now I had a toothache, so I started hitting my Voltaren. Which which I had for my back. And it's like that eased it. I fell asleep. But I woke up in the morning like, ah! And I was like, oh man, i just got to groom and bear it. i got to groom and bear it, groom and bear it. But then it got to the point where it's like, oh, no, I've got to ask some friends. That's what friends, that's what friends are for. <laughs> that wasn't very good. But the, um. so I, I texted Jim Craft about six o'clock in the morning and I said, Jim, you don't want to see a grown man cry, but I'm, I'm getting close to, to crying right right now. And I, I'm like, can you please, I, I need to, uh, uh, some help with this tooth. And uh, my thing was, I, he has one in 20 people in the town in this church, so I guess he must have a dentist in there. And so after the first service, a dentist met me, big Texan dentist, said, open your mouth, boy. Opened it and said, okay, we're going to do it. What's going on? He, he said, okay, I'll get you some drugs. I'll get you some drugs. And that was going to be after the, second, after the second service. Some drugs were going to be there waiting, uh, waiting for me. And so after the second service, we had to leave immediately to, for Tulsa, Oklahoma. It was a 10-hour drive. And so we just went straight out of the service with my security detail, right into the car. And then we took off, and my drugs were all waiting <laughs> uh, for me there. So I started popping pills, a little pill popper thought, like, I've got to get rid of this two things; just driving me crazy. And, and, and so anyway, by the time we'd got 10 hours trip, by the time we got out of the car, we got into the whole hotel room, I said to Anita, yeah, I can't handle this. It had moved now from up my cheek and now it felt like my tooth was coming through my eye. I mean, it was just like... I'm just like, one o'clock in the morning, I'm like, get an emergency doctor, get an emergency doctor. But then I started to remember, oh, everything costs a lot of money in America. <laughs> uh, and I, I, I went, I put out my travel insurance policy and then I found out dental problems, only seven is, uh, 750, it's like you can't, they wouldn't even cover the taxi uh, going to the place. So I'm like, oh man, this is gonna be, just women, but I got to a place where I couldn't. And in the morning I phoned up uh, Jim and said, Jim, can you, can you help? And this is the, thing. A burden shared is a burden halved. When we have friends, why carry it alone? Friends, sometimes the problems we're going through, when we're going through, they can look epic, too high to go over, too wide to go around, too deep to go under, and they they, they just become massive, massive issues. But when you have friends, burdens are carried. New solutions appear, new ways forward that can, can happen. And so that wasn't their town, but they started phoning around people. One, uh, Tamara phoned another pastor that she knew in the town and they, they were from another church and they phoned a dentist person that they knew in another church. And he, he just said, sure, he can come over and uh, uh, see me. And, and so I, I go to this dentist, I'm sitting in the chair. He injects me about 20 times with uh, you know, a local anesthetic, but my tooth still wouldn't go numb. It was in that much pain. In fact, actually, in the morning, that morning, I'd taken so many painkillers that weren't doing anything. So I went and had breakfast and came back. I'm vomiting everywhere. It was just like, it was just, uh, that, that was how my trip in Texas was. <laughs> and so I'm like, oh. And so I end up going into this dentist who someone had found through a friend, through a friend, because friends open up opportunities and ways to change things to take your pain and, and turn it into God's provision. Come on, somehow, uh, some way and make a, make a way. As I go to that dentist, he's talking and he's put all these injections in. He's like, it's still not, no, I'm still not, no. He's tapping on it. No, it's still not, numb. No, tap, tap, tap. He said, I think I'm going to need to send you to a surgical orthodontist. We'll put you to sleep. Because I don't think I can pull that out here. I'm like, and then, then, of course, I started thinking, man, everything costs a lot, medical care. I've heard the rumors. I've heard the horror stories. I know how much it costs in America. I mean, it's just going to cost a lot, whatever, whatever it is. So then what was happening in my heart, it was moving from a toothache to a heart attack as I started to think, well, what is this going to, going to cost me? What's this going to cost me? I was low on money. And I'm getting, getting, getting stressed out. And I'm, I, I said to the dentist guy, and he was a nice guy and just, Tell me about Jesus and everything, and and, and uh, I needed Jesus that day. I can tell you. But he he, he was just talking to me and sh- sharing with me probably about half an hour. It's like, what's he doing? He's just talking, talking and talking and talking. And then in the end, he came out and he says, "Because I, I told him, can you just pull it out anyway? I'll just I'll just handle it because I really don't have the insurance or the money to be able to uh, uh, do that." So he went away and he came back and he said, "Son, because I look kind of young." He says, said son I'm just telling you I've set up an appointment for you at 1.30 today I want you to tell you it's all taken care of you don't have to worry about a thing I'm going to do it as my ministry to you you know how much it costs? A surgical orthodontist, like about 3000 US dollars. He said, I will pay for you. It's not his surgery. He's sending me somewhere else. I'm going to pay the bill. How many know friends will open opportunities, ways forward that you didn't think or weren't able to think? How can I get through things? When we have friends, when we have friends, good things can happen. Who's your friend? Who's your friend? are those people that know the real uncut, uncropped, unedited, unfiltered version of you and yet they still like you. We all need those people. But we were never designed to do life alone. That's why in ministry it's so important that Anita and I have have friends. And again, don't don't come to him and go, oh, I'll be your friend, I'll be your friend, because that's not going to work. We'll we, we, find friends but sometimes I hear and I not here but maybe another other churches people get upset when the pastors have friends and, and they'll say things like oh they just have got a click or they got a thing and they just hang around with those people we need friends even Jesus had friends Jesus had 12 he had the three even we all need friends We need it for our mental health. We need it for our spiritual health. We need need to be able to hang with people, not because we're just pastors, but but just because we're humans. And we need companionship. (laughs) And I'm kind of strange, so I don't suit everybody. Friends will happen naturally, but who are your friends? Who is that person when you go through a trial? Who is that person? Or do you cut yourself off like Kaikoura in the shakings of your life? Do you cut yourself off? Or do you say, No, I'm going to make a way. I'm bringing in the airdrop. I'm going to get out of my place. I'm not going to stay isolated. I'm not going to stay cut off. But I'm going to go after and have a uh, a friend who sticketh closer than a brother. We all need. Who are you? Who are your mates? Who are your buddies? See, life's designed to live connected. We're designed to live in community. We all need friends. Yes, it'll take some time and effort and some investment on our part, but it's God's way. God's heart. What can you take home this week? Well, maybe this week you should go home. Pause for a moment and just ask, who are those people to me? Who are my friends? Who are those ones that can stick closer than a brother? Name those people. For some of you, you'll, you'll be able to answer that question just like that. For others of you, you'll struggle. You won't really know. But maybe... Maybe take the time and and say, well, I I need to work on some friendships. Friendships don't just happen. They they require work. They require energy and investment. Maybe it means contacting a person for coffee. Maybe it means say, hey, can we just just hang? That's why it's important for us to be part of a connect group because it's in those connect groups that, that friendships can happen and Maybe people that you wouldn't have talked to in a normal setting, you go, "Wow, well, we, we have some things in common together, but we all need friendships. Because friends will make a way through your pain and bring you into God's provision. That's how God works through relationship his gospel is about relationship that's how God works amen church tap your neighbor and say will you be my friend come on some of you will be going that's really nice others of you are going that's kind of awkward we need friends Before I finish, I want to tell you about the friend of sinners, Jesus Christ. Do you know him today? If your heart was to stop beating right now, do you know where you would spend eternity? For all of us, the statistics are 100%. 100 years from now, none of us will be here. All of us have perished. Friend, do you know him today? Do you need to get right with God today? I don't want to finish this service without giving you an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. The Bible says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. You might say, how could God love a person like me? You don't know how bad I am, friend. I want to tell you, we're not going to focus on how bad you are. We're all sinners who have gone astray. Friends, we're focusing on how good God is and what He has, come on somebody, what He has made available for us through the cross of Calvary, salvation. We don't deserve it. We can't earn it. We can't buy it. It's a gift to us. It's free to us. If you're here today and you know, man, I need to get my life right with God. In a moment, I'm going to pray a prayer. That prayer just says, God, come into my heart. I open my heart to you. Come in and help me live the life that you want me to live every head bowed and every eye closed right across this auditorium. If that's you and you're saying to me today, that's me, Pastor, would you include me in that prayer? Would you be brave enough wherever you're sitting to put your hand up and say, that's me, Pastor. I need to get right with God. Anyone here today? You know you need to get right with God. I want you to leave this place without doing that. Anyone here today? Just give it an opportunity. Hallelujah. No one here today. Why don't you stand to your feet? Why don't you put your hands out like this? God, help us. Today, this week. This year, Father God, be the one that you want us to be. God, I pronounce a blessing over every single person on the sound of my voice today they would know your favor we thank you god that your steadfast love is new this morning that your favor and grace is available to us father i pray you bless everybody here under the sound of my voice every man every woman every child every man, every married couple every single mom single dad every everybody under the sound of my voice every person who's working students young old everybody Father God, may they know the grace and goodness of God and their situation and their lives. May you strengthen them this week. Make rich and add no sorrow. This we ask in Jesus' name. And everybody said...